everyone. Thank you for listening to Radio Radar Plus. This is episode 33 for Friday, January 15th. I'm the U.S. Editor-in-Chief of Games Radar Plus. I'll also be your host. But most importantly, I want to remind you that Games Radar is named after our benevolent Swedish founder, Gamerser Adar. Today, <laughs> <laughs> today I'm joined by uh, Global EIC, asterisk, Asterisk there. We will explain the asterisk momentarily. Globally, I see Sophia Tong. Uh, hello. And yes, I guess we'll explain the asterisk yes, later. Yes, there's an asterisk next to your title. Uh, and, of course, editor David Roberts. Hello. It's, it's been a while since I've been on one of, the, one of these things. Me too. I, I need to get my... Uh, my uh, my, my, my speech exercises in the tip of the tongue, the teeth of the lips, do the ha. Uh, <laughs> uh, but you're okay. supposed to do that before the show, not Damn during it. the yeah. show. You don't that's need to do it now. I told, I told you it's been a while since I've done it. So Yeah, that's the, that's the <laughs> trick about it. So what is, we're, we're getting to the asterisk here. Asterisk. Yeah. What does it mean, Sophia? What it means is that I've taken on a new role at Future. I'm okay. not leaving, and I'll still be working with the team here at Games Radar. But my new title, um, it's a mouthful. It's the director of content. No, wait. Sorry. I even messed it up. <laughs> director of creative brand strategy and business development. I don't even know what half of that means. <laughs> but it's, um, I'll be working between the te- like working in the marketing team and uh, being that liaison between sales and editorial. Mm-hmm. We, you know, we totally believe in that church and state thing. We don't want... You know, sales obviously selling editorial, and editorial is not going to be paid by sales to just do random stuff. Um, so, you know, as media is evolving over time, like native advertising is becoming a thing. Sometimes there are programs that we do, like the PC gaming show, and like other programs that we do, like when we have CES or E3 being sponsored, editorial will put together like video packages and other stuff. It's a long-winded way of just saying um, I'll just be helping out on that end and making sure that your content gets read or like your mm-hmm. articles and stuff gets read by an even bigger audience. And you have to hashtag all of the engagement mes- metrics, right? That's, that's uh, the thing. I, think. I really hope not. That's, synergy. that's not the that's not the plan. And, and this this order comes directly from Gamerser Ador. But <laughs> I mean. <I'm, laughs> It's not going to be as exciting or as fun as editorial, but I am looking forward to finding new partnerships and getting you know video stuff and just working with other people across the web, uh, just finding new ways to get our name out there. Right. And this also means that in the, the transition period, I can basically have the entire site just post articles about Vanquish. Yes, I guess. Well, you're going to have to run that by Dan Dawkins, who will be the new global editor-in-chief, and he'll probably write something next week. We, we have to begin the Vanquish campaign now, David. Just well, sneak it in. I, all I the think stories. we're just going to be the Metal Gear channel now, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> between me I and know, Dan Dawkins. Between I you like... and Dan. <laughs> yeah, I know. He's a huge Metal Gear fan, and FIFA, of course. Um, so I wanted to to resolve an issue that began in the previous episode in which we discussed which of the Jurassic Park movies are the worst. <laughs> and there was there was some debate between Jurassic Park 2 and Jurassic Park 3. Which one's worse? Remind me what happened in those. Uh, so in Jurassic Park 2, Jurassic Park 2 is the one, <clears throat> the one called The Lost World. Yes. Um, which is not really based on the novel of the same name, mm-hmm. which is the sequel to the novel Jurassic Park written <laughs> by Michael Crichton. Okay. But... Uh, it, it's the one where uh, Ian Malcolm, Dr. Ian Malcolm, played by Jeff Goldblum, returns to the island uh, to rescue his girlfriend? Something. 
to rescue someone. He's uh, the, there's they, a T-Rex in San into, Francisco. Like that's really no, that's, that's in San Diego. It's oh, San that's Diego. Right. Yes, How and uh, his daughter uh, uses an acrobatic flip to kick a Velociraptor. Oh. I watched this a long time ago. I don't even remember. As Julianne Moore, she falls through a trailer, or a trailer falls oh. over her, sort of. They, Man. they like, hang I, off the side of a cliff now. Vince Vaughn is a photographer. Like, <laughs> Oh, Vince just, Vaughn was in that. I forgot yeah, about that. Yeah, like, I just, I have a lot of, like, really, like, just, I get flashes of it every now and then. Like, I remember the trailer. I remember the T-Rex, like, eating the dog. <gasps> um, I have vague memories yeah, of San Diego, that. Yeah, it's bad. Um, How many times have you seen it? To remember these details, uh, I, I watched know, it a bunch much. when I was a kid. Oh, okay, because I've only seen it once. I remember I love the first movie. I watched that many times, but then oh, yeah. the second and third, just a single show, and I'm like, well, I'm never gonna watch those again. Uh, and the third one is the one where uh, it's Doctor Grant who goes back, uh, and they uh, there's a scene. Uh, where they run away from pterodactyls, which was in the original book, but not oh, adapted yeah. into the movie, so they finally made it into the movie version. Uh, there was a dinosaur that ate a cell phone, and every time you could hear the cell phone ringing, you would know the dinosaur was close. Oh, my God. Okay, based on that summary, I would say three would probably yeah, be the worst. Like, like, I watched two a bunch. Like, it was dumb, but it was at least entertaining <laughs> in a way. But, like, I saw three once, and I think that was enough for me. Like, even as a, like a, like yeah. a teenager, like, yeah, I, you know. Three also has Taylioni. Oh, oh, yeah, I think that's like probably this? why I just stopped caring about that franchise. <laughs> because when Jurassic World came out, I, didn't, I haven't seen it yet. Uh, well, it's not good. But um, but I want to, to dive into. We resolved this through email. We asked readers or listeners, <laughs> I should say, um, to send us an email and just sort of weigh in on the subject. Uh, we have an email from Mr. Clint Farley who says, "Personally, I choose two over three. You can't go wrong with Jeff Goldblum. I can also put up with ridiculous gymnastics scene as opposed to the Mohawk Raptors, talking dream sequence Raptor, T Rex piss collection, Raptor communication, and stomach cell phone from Jurassic Park Three. Yeah, it's bad. As a funny side story, I saw the Jurassic Park 3 with a friend of mine when it came out years later, five plus at least. A small group of us are sitting around playing video games, and suddenly my friend gets this look of revelation and says, Ooh, it was a birdcage. We all looked at him thinking, what the hell is he talking about? He then went on to explain he just realized the scene in Jurassic Park 3 where Grant and, uh, Grant and the crew are dealing with the pterodactyls took place inside a giant birdcage, and that's why showing the door slightly opening up after they escape was important. We haven't let it go since. Hmm. Were there drugs involved at this party? <laughs> <laughs> at least something. Uh, anyway, keep up the great work on the podcast. Thank you. I had to read that so that people know that we're good. Uh, yeah, someone well. else is saying it besides us. <laughs> That's really important. Yes. Uh, we also had an email from Jeremy who says, uh, glad to see some familiar faces in the show. Anyway, I'd like to say that, yes, Lego Jurassic World is a great game. One of my few PSN Platinum trophies, in fact. Also, the movies, in my opinion, are best rated in this order. Jurassic Park, Jurassic World, Jurassic Park 2, and in distant fourth, Jurassic Park 3. That's my list, and I'm sticking to it. <laughs> it looks like we made a good choice. So, Susan, who is pro... Jurassic Park 3. Really? In relation to Jurassic Park 2. It's not ah. here to defend it, so uh, I'm just going to say that in fairness. <laughs> it's not a unanimous thing. Uh, we also got an email. Uh, the subject line was, I like Avatar. <laughs> <laughs> we, did, we did spend some time last week talking about Avatar and how people really love it. He's not saying it's the best movie ever, um, but, I mean... He says, why do I like it? For starters, when Natiri says, Awa has heard you, Awa has heard you, I get chills every time. 
It's a beautiful film, full of color. The special effects are outstanding. The sequence near the beginning when Jake is alone, lights a torch, then encounters Naturi looks like a Hildebrandt Brothers painting come to life. Um, I think the Hildebrandt Brothers also do a lot of uh, uh, comic stuff. They're pretty famous. Uh, the characters change from the beginning to the end. Isn't that something that people want in every good story? It's a good movie. I liked it. I mean, oh, so you did. See, so you should have been on the show last week because uh, I liked Avatar. We were like trying to understand why people liked it so much. I mean, it's, the, it's the biggest moneymaker. Oh yeah. Well, at the time, ever. 3D was being pushed pretty hard, so I saw it a couple of times, and I went with my parents. It's just a gorgeous movie to watch on the big screen. So I can see why That's people fair. went to go see it, just to see the effects. And it was, you know, a lot of times, like even Star Wars, I kind of forgot that I was watching in 3D until one of the was it like Star Destroyers was coming towards me into my face. But that's the only time I realized, like, oh, it's in 3D, I forgot. But Avatar had a lot of moments where you can kind of, like, whether it's water droplets and things like that. So it was kind of neat to see it in 3D. So I'm sure people saw it many times. David, would you like to weigh in on the yeah, quality I just, of Avatar? I, I just, you know, like, yeah, it's it's a decent story. It was a decent story when they told it in Dances with Wolves. It was a decent story when they told it in The Last Samurai. Like, I, you know, it, it's that classic uh, dude. Save the people. Go, yeah, dude goes indigenous and rebels against America. And I imagine that's probably why it did pretty well overseas, too. But this is uh, with CG the whole way through. Yeah. Like, I, I remember watching it in 3D and being really blown away by the effects. But mm-hmm. I also was like, yeah, no, I'm good. Like, I never have to see this movie again. And I have it. <laughs> because, well, it was really long, too. Yeah. James Cameron epics are like two and a half hours, almost three. But he's like box office magic, and he's doing, I think he's doing two or three more Avatar movies. So. What? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm actually like, I'm really intrigued. And like, not a True Lies sequel. Oh, True Lies was so good. <laughs> I know, I love that movie. Loved it. It's so funny. Um, but guess what? This is a video game podcast, so we should probably talk about those. We always joke about this, but we are we have other interests. Well, we do. I mean, Games Radar covers movies and TV. It's an entertainment, it's an entertainment website, site, everyone. So, uh, but I wanted to go to Hitman. Hitman goes fully episodic. Hit mangoes. Hit mangoes. Hit mangoes. Hit mangoes in an episodic Hit way. No. mangoes. <laughs> Hitman is going fully episodic. So when they announced this new Hitman at first, it was. Very ambitious. They were like, we're going to release this game. They're going to be like a couple of set pieces. You can play through them. And then we're going to keep expanding and building the game, you know, months and months later. Uh, so DLC. Sort of. Uh, but it wasn't like, it was kind of like, you'll get a pretty substantial game, but then we'll add to it. Yeah, it felt, like, a, it felt like an early access thing. It's like you buy it early, yeah. you get a little bit, and then, but we're going to keep adding stuff to it as it's in development. Which I think people are a little more wary of because it sounds like something incomplete versus when you say we have a polished episode or something that sounds better <laughs> do you agree with that mm, i guess i don't know like i i kind of i was kind of into what their plan was before or was like we're gonna release these events like if you buy it now, you'll get access to these special events that you would never get to access if you didn't. Mm-hmm. You know, if you bought the disc later, like all those events have happened already. Uh, so buying early meant that you were a part of this like growing conversation between you and the developers. Um, whether that game turned out good or not, you know, it, it's a gamble. But it was at least like an interesting way of putting that game out there. And now it just feels like. They've realized that people aren't really into that as much as they would hope. 
Yeah, you're really targeting the core, like the true fans when you're giving them this kind of behind the scenes early thing. Because, I mean, I love Final Fantasy and I'm always really excited for the next one in Kingdom Hearts. But if they want to get me like, here's a sneak peek and we're going to roll it out and get it. It's like, no, I'm just going to wait until you're done because I don't have the time for this. So unless I'm really, really into that franchise, Mm -hmm. I don't think it's really targeting a wider audience there. Right. Well, I mean, I think you have to look at this like with a somewhat... A critical view in the sense that when someone says, well, we've thought our, we thought the plan through, and instead of giving you three things to start with, we're only going to give you one thing. But this is because we're committed to giving you one thing per month. Right? Like, we've, we've gone fully episodic, like everything else now. Like, this is how it's going to work. We're, so you lose a little bit. Like, but this is a way to cover up the fact that the stuff that's going to be available on day one is less than what was previously announced. Because yeah. that's a negative thing. Yeah. You don't want to say that. You don't want to say, well, We've looked at how development is going, and we've realized that we need more time. It's not going to be good enough, so we're going to like make the first episode smaller, basically, mm-hmm. right? But the way we're announcing it is episodes, episodes <laughs> for everyone. Well, I also think that that makes like the episode structure is an easier sell to people than what their original plan was. Yeah. Where it was like, well, you could buy the whole package for $60, or you could buy the early package for, for $30, and then the second package for 35 and this is what you get in this package. If right. you don't this buy... Is... It's like, like, no, I don't... Like, if I have to have a spreadsheet to figure out what I'm getting, <laughs> like, you've already right. you've already screwed it up. It's yeah. definitely an, an, an easier message now, I think, and I think ultimately it'll work out for the best. Plus, mm-hmm. I think you can't understate the fact that someone may not be $60 interested in Hitman. Yeah, they, they might want to try it. $15 interested for the first episode and like see what that's like and then maybe continue from there. I'm sure there'll be a lot of drop off at that point, but also like you saw games like Azura's Wrath, remember that it was episodic within the game itself? But nobody's going to buy that game for 60 bucks because it's too weird and like they yeah. don't know whether they'll like it. If you had sold that in episodes, I think more people would have at least experienced like, tried it. some of the game versus yeah. a lot of people who just decided no, nothing, no part of this. Yeah, that's interesting, though, because, yeah, in in this case, they're backpedaling what they already kind of set up expectations for. Um, I like the episodic uh, formula, but I guess I'm only associating it with games that are announced that way. Like, I'm expecting it to be broken up into these chunks. So... I don't know how I feel about that. I think for for people who want to dabble, that's great. Mm-hmm. But I also hate waiting. It's like watching <laughs> TV. I don't like waiting, so I usually wait until the entire series is done and right. then binge watch. Right. So that's just me, though. <laughs> I mean, that's that's fair. Well, and and it's like like the the other thing is that Hitman isn't exactly a series that like yeah, there's a story. Yeah. But it's not great. Are you playing for the story? Well, really? I mean, doesn't Hitman like lend itself to episodic structure anyway? It's like I like said, his job is to assassinate different people. Each mm-hmm. person is an episode. It breaks up nicely. Different location so for each person. It's like all the person. bosses. Yeah, like I mean, I think so that Assassin's works. Creed could go that way too. Well, if it was still about assassinating people, sure. <laughs> <laughs> now it's like it's an adventure game with like racing and. Stuff, lots of other stuff. Oh. Not saying it's bad. It's just, it's just different. Like it's not really about killing important figures anymore. 
But I mean, I think I think so. This is coming out on March 11th. Uh, I think uh, 15, bu- 15 bucks for an intro pack, which includes the tutorial and the very first assassination mission. Uh, it seems pretty reasonable, depending on the the amount of polish. And I think these are meant to be uh, replayed quite a bunch because there's usually just going by the previous Hitman games. There's like a million different ways to mm-hmm. actually succeed in your mission, mm-hmm. um, and that should be fun. I'm actually looking forward to streams of that as well. I think people will be yeah. doing some pretty fun streams and other let's plays of of game like that. Uh, the other thing that I wanted to talk about, uh, this is a little, little less serious. Is <laughs> something happened last week. Was it last week or was it this week? <clears throat> no, it was the, well. Th- this this component of the story happened last okay. week. Basically, uh, Louis Vuitton. It's a fashion brand. You may not know this, but they make really nice handbags and jackets and things like that. They had this idea where they'll use a Final Fantasy character, namely Lightning, to model. Handbags. I think so. I think it's cool. If you looked at the the YouTube video that they made, it's pretty cool. She does like flips around and she looks stylish because she's a video game character. She has no, she does not care about gravity or lighting or photography rules or anything like that. <laughs> she is. I mean, she's ideally the perfect model. But what does it say about beauty standards that a, a fake character? She could put on does. twenty pounds. That <laughs> <laughs> she's 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 more realistic than anyone. Uh, but it's fine. It's cool. It's marketing. Whatever. We're into it. But then the Telegraph publishes an interview <laughs> with Lightning. Not not the voice actress. Not someone who she's based on or anything. Yeah. The character Sorry. of Lightning. Yeah. I'm just surprised there's this crossover to begin with. I didn't realize <laughs> that Louis Vuitton and Final Fantasy fans, there's, there's this potential crossover. I hate... Like fat, like the those brands. You you hate those brands. I just don't like those high end. Like, hi, my purse is branded this because like Coach or Louis Vuitton because it's really about the branding. I mean, those purses are made in Cambodia or wherever by little children or something. Mm-hmm. It's like I don't understand. Okay, I also hate purses, so <laughs> that might have something to do with it. But I just never understood the appeal of spending four or five hundred dollars for a wallet. Or like thousand dollars right, for a purse. It's a status symbol. It is, and like to me, it's just I, f- I find it kind of gross. But to like pair okay. that with lightning, I'm like, how could you do this lightning? Such <laughs> <laughs> a sellout. Um, <laughs> it's just, it's just odd. Man, well, I I love all of it. I love all. Of, I'm all about. <laughs> right. Like, I I, like, I'm at the point where I'm like, I'm into it. Like, I'm gonna embrace the absurdity of this. It's a video game character being interviewed in an actual newspaper <laughs> about a uh, fashion campaign that wasn't real at all. It was yeah, computer it was just generated. All, it's great marketing, though. It is. It works. I mean, I think it's. I think Final Fantasy costumes in general look like they were designed by Louis Vuitton on acid, mm-hmm. and uh, <laughs> you know, I, I think it works. But the interview was like the step too far for me because, like, number one. You know, so this it was written by a marketing person at yeah. Louis Vuitton who shopped it around to different newspapers and said, listen, do you want to run this interview with Lightning? And someone was like, yeah, oh, Lightning? Who's li- is she a new model? No. <laughs> I mean, yes, she is a new model, but she's also modeled in a computer program. It's so funny. Like, Is Louis Vuitton trying to get like a younger audience now and not just... I, don't I mean, maybe he's trying to, to, to like make an impact in Japan because like Japan is well, super oh, fashionable, yeah, well, especially in, in Tokyo. In Japan, like th- this seems to be like kind of a recent trend, especially with uh, Metal Gear Solid Five, where you get the the credits or whatever, and it's like you know, Revolver Ocelot's going to be this in this episode, and Venom Snake is in this episode, and eyewear provided by JF Ray, and you're like, wait, what? And like Snake, like um, 
what's his face? Kazuhiro Miller takes his glasses off and like yeah. the, little, the little caption that says like JF Ray Eyewear <laughs> like it pops up on the screen. Like, see, I can see that working in Japan, totally. And like those are glasses that you can actually go and then buy. Oh, like all funny. of that stuff, all of that branded stuff is like actual stuff. Like uh, they were do- they were showing off a bunch of different stuff around the launch in Japan. There's like yeah, the, the tr- there's a Triumph motorcycle that you can buy that is like a, a Metal Gear branded motorcycle, Metal Gear branded uh, wow. fashion design. Yeah, like it seems to be like a really big thing in Japan, um, especially now to do this like crossover branding with with fashion. Like like the, I remember, um, I think it was last year, or, yeah, earlier last year when it was like, Konami has a new exciting announcement about the Metal Gear franchise. And I was like, oh, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? The 1984 clothing collection. <laughs> what? That's weird. Like, wait, what? Yeah. Well, well, do you remember El Shaddai? Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. So that game had uh, designer jeans to go with it. Really? <laughs> yeah, you could spend an awful lot of money on the on the jeans that was worn, worn by uh, the characters in the game. I think it was oh, one of it was a pair that was worn by Lucifer, who is the devil in that game. Yeah, that game uh, had some Who's like a clothing. very stylishly dressed <laughs> businessman with an umbrella. <laughs> well, I guess, to be fair, I, I was into a BB-8 handbag for a while. I was tempted uh-huh. to get it. So I guess it would depend on the franchise that I'm really into. Poor Cambodian children. <laughs> that, that didn't come up then. <laughs> Because BB-8. Always put BB-8 on it. <laughs> um, but interesting. Um, but I mean, so so you have to get. So that's number one. The thing is that it'll, that that a we're at the point where a newspaper will publish this. Okay, yeah. fine. Because I mean, I wrote an article about about it, so the I newspaper guess it that published it. It worked. Um, get people are talking about it. I mean, I think you have to like look at these things when they happen. as just like being representative of the times we live in. Like this is what passes for things we read on on the internet. Okay. Okay. Um, but so, so some of Lightning's quotes are amazing. <laughs> they just That's so, good. so good. For instance, they ask her <clears throat> uh, what she thinks about the designer, Nicholas Gisquier, who sounds like he could also be a Final Fantasy character, uh, what, what she thinks about the fashion. And she says, though his style was new to me, the moment I laid eyes on his collection, it was as if I was hit by a bolt of lightning. <laughs> so... I'm looking towards the person who wrote this for Louis Vuitton, and I'm just like going, really? Her name is Lightning, and you made her say Lightning? Okay. And then she says, uh, I knew that with this, uh, people could change. I could change. Perhaps I'm finally learning who I truly am. (laughs) So she is having this intensely deep, life-affirming reaction to a handbag. I love it. To a purse. It just so it, and like the, the more you read this interview, it's like she is becoming aware of herself. Like it's an AI activating, like Skynet coming to life. Oh dear! <laughs> I just I love it because like it totally embraces how how stoic and serious Lightning is all the time. But it's about a freaking it's about a freaking handbag, and she's just like this is like, the most life changing thing I've ever done. She also points out like in in her games such as Final Fantasy Thirteen, Final Fantasy Thirteen Two, and Lightning Returns, Final Fantasy Thirteen. <clears throat> there wasn't that bad lightning. You didn't have to return it. Um, she <laughs> I don't says, think she's allowed to claim that she was in Thirteen Two, uh, <laughs> considering she's only in it for like. She's 10 in the intro. That's uh, fine. It counts. And her sister is there all the time. Um, she says, my clothes were nothing more than armor to stay alive. <laughs> 
So the other layer of this is she's like, I didn't know there were people who wore clothes to say something about themselves. I thought it was just this practical thing that you use to save your life when a monster attacks you. It just I, it sounds like Werner Herzog doing a fashion show, like just these really deep introspective questions. <laughs> <laughs> they also ask her what she's up to now, which is, wow, rude. You know that she's no longer in a Final Fantasy game. You know her her Final Fantasy her days are time over. is up now. <laughs> um, and she says she's entering a period of peaceful days. And then she says, I will return to my origins like a Mobius strip, but it'll be a new me, one who has evolved. <laughs> And as I pointed out in the article, the only this is the only time where Lightning would say something like Mobius Strip unless it was the name of a leveling system in a Final Fantasy game. Doesn't that sound like it? Like, move your piece on the Mobius Strip to upgrade your character. Yeah. And the Telegraph ran this. <laughs> the Telegraph, it's a real newspaper. I mean, I sound outraged, but I'm really not. I just, I love this. I absolutely <laughs> adore this. I don't, I don't I'm, glad, I'm glad that we as a human race... Have got have this, come to this we've point. Created this moment. Yeah, for like I, I just I don't get why there's so much of like so much hate around this whole thing. It's like no, like embrace it. It's absurd. Oh, is there a lot of hate? Oh, yeah. I haven't been following. I, I heard about the so. headline. Like, no. I, I don't think people feel that strongly about lightning. I think people get angry when they just talk about the games themselves. Yeah, oh. like, <laughs> well, I, I wouldn't say oh. hate towards it. Just like like. Like not understanding it or not getting it, not being like, like what, like what, why? It's like no, it yes, this is perfect. Like it's Final Fantasy, which is all about ridiculous fashion, and you have a character and you're talking to her like she's a real person. Um, I just, I don't know. I'm all about it. Everything about yeah. this is the best. And Kanye West dress is like a Final Fantasy character all the time. Yeah, it's so. I good. mean, it's entertaining, but I guess for me, it was like, oh, like I'm looking at it from a practical perspective. I was like, oh, what was the point? Like, what were they trying to do <laughs> other than to get people to talk about it? But I guess that was the this point. This is the it's most like, I've ever been uh, into Louis Vuitton. True. I mean, and I wasn't paying attention. They got me. Yeah, that's true. Here's my Louis Vuitton purse. I'm putting it right down to my next still to my Still don't, here. still don't like it. Still don't want it. I don't know what sound that would make. Clank. <laughs> <laughs> what sound does it? What does this purse sound like when it's put down on if the table? If they have Louis Vuitton branded swords, then we'll talk. <laughs> <laughs> um, the other story that I want to talk about was uh, there was an interesting comment uh, from uh, creative director Neil Druckmann on Uncharted Four, and a lot of people are as as game journalists are one to do. They're like, what's the next thing? We know you're finishing up this one. What's next? Um, it's up to Sony whether or not there will be an Uncharted 5, but the plan is not to have Drake in it because they feel like his story is done. Like they're kind he of should retire. Right. So we're, like, do they, should we interview him and ask him if he should retire? Hey, Nathan Drake, are you tired yet? How do you feel about Louis Vuitton? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> We love that Louis Vuitton trench coat. You're or maybe like a Burberry scarf. Um, but I mean, like, the question here is: Do you would it be bad if Naughty Dog said we're done and Sony went and kept making like they made an Uncharted Five with Nathan Drake and they brought him back because this is what this is what happened with Halo, right? Like, yeah, they just kept Bungie going. said, "Well, we don't really want to stick with Master Chief anymore, so let's try some other stuff." Um, and Microsoft eventually, with three four three, said, "Well, let's go back to Master Chief." Um, should a video game character be, be allowed to retire? 
<laughs> no, you're doing because this they forever. never age, right? Like the James, they like James yeah. Bond for the most part, with the exception of once again we can go back to Metal Gear Solid, where Snake actually does get older. Uh, Assassin's Creed has Ezio, who also grew old mm-hmm. and was retired, um, but you never have that forward movement. It's almost like all the other video game characters are in the same place where the Simpsons are, where it's like nothing changes; they just have to go back and do another adventure. Mm-hmm. Um, do you guys think of video game characters that way, like that they should grow, that they should move on, no. that they should? Retire? No? If I'm attached to the character, it's like, and I'd want to play more games, like, with them in it, I would like to just, it'd just be like, this. they're just eternal. They're immortal. It's, mm-hmm. You just kind of just talk about another part of their life and just keep going, because, I don't know. I, I mean, if Naughty Dog doesn't want to do anymore and someone else wants to take over, I mean, we saw that with Halo. That worked out fine. So I would disagree with you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like, I, I think it depends on the... Uh, on the franchise, really, on the type of game, like Mario, like Mario is timeless. Like it doesn't matter how, like whether Mario ages or not. Nobody's caring about that gritty Mario reboot that shows his <laughs> origins, or you know what? Mario's origin where, where, story. Where's my story-driven Before Mario? Before he yeah. was a plumber. <laughs> but like with, with Nathan Drake, Uncharted Four is showing an, a side of Nathan Drake that is like getting really. Like, he, he looks like he's getting too old for this shit, you know? Like, he is... <laughs> he just wants to settle down and run his little business or whatever. And then, like, real. just when he thinks he's out, they keep pulling him back in. And, uh, like, I don't know. Uh, something like that, Something like that. it might just be, like, at, at what point in the story do you say enough is enough for this character? Like, yeah. how do you no, keep that's... ratcheting up those stakes? And then, on the other hand, you have a character like... Sam Fisher in Splinter Cell, who mm-hmm. who like reverse aged with Blacklist, like he he was played by um, I'm blanking on his name, but he's the best. Michael Ironside. Michael Ironside was the best. Michael Ironside. And he was like that it's character was already like 45 to 50 when those those games kind of started. Yeah, I like that he was an older person. Yeah, like a, a dad with like. A 17-year-old daughter, and then in Blacklist, it seems like he just lost 20 years of his life, <laughs> but he still has this really young, or like like the, the somewhat older daughter that he's like mourning over or like trying to reconcile with his own job, and it felt really jarring because it's like they're trying to move the story forward, but it's like, well, we want to show a, a new, hipper, younger. Uh, Sam Fisher for a new era of player and it's like well, you, you can't have both you know yeah like I think that boils down to if you have a story driven or like a very character driven mm-hmm. collection of, of games right like you want you are more likely to, to, to believe that character as someone who exists in that world if there is sign if there are signs of progression I think with Uncharted there have been plenty of signs of progression like there's been some pretty big changes but uh, when you don't have that like Tomb Raider. Well, there's signs of progression there, but... Yeah. Uh, I mean, there certainly wasn't with the older games. I would say the, the core games, those, like, what is it, six games, there wasn't enough progression there. And at that point, the character starts feeling like a product, mm-hmm. right? Like, here's this year's version of this character. Yeah. And that that's a feeling you want to avoid, I think, at least if you're, like, sort of being sincere about your desire to tell a story. Yeah, it would be difficult to keep going. I guess it would depend on how you set up the story. So I agree in that sense. It's like, yeah, if this character is getting older and even in their story they don't want to be doing this anymore, you can't. Then it feels like you're milking it. Yeah. Plus, like I think you have to, you know, emphasize with the developers a little bit. They also get tired of it. They also get old. They and know, they don't want to keep making. The they don't want to spend time with the same person. Same for, like, art assets. <laughs> yeah. Well, and especially with a character as like 
ubiquitous as Nathan Drake, where it's like taking from Nolan North's voice and his personality and his facial capture. Like Nolan North is getting old too. The guy who plays Sully is getting old too. Like other unless you want to just replace those characters, like those guys are going to get older. And yeah. that's like those are the characters that are that you're going to have. And it would just be more exciting to see Naughty Dog come out and as they did with The Lost of Us to say, well, we know what you like about our games. We're doing that again, except we're doing a completely different place. We're doing new characters. Mm-hmm. We're going to apply the creativity, the style of creativity that you enjoy from us with new characters. And that was more exciting. And I think you could point to the latest Star Wars movie as having done that. Like, everyone is excited about the new characters. Like, they could have just made it like the old gang is getting back together for one lost thing. Um, but all the new characters are great. And it's set in a familiar universe, it's set with a familiar style. But everyone, everyone, all the major players are original yeah. and really well fleshed out, and that's that's been by far the most exciting part of having another Star Wars. Mm-hmm. So having another Naughty Dog game in the same way, I think, would be just as exciting. The cameo by yeah. Nathan Drake. Um, but let's hope he gets a dignified end. Nathan Drake's kid, played by Shia LaBeouf. No. no. <laughs> you had to go there. Why? We've come full circle. Indeed. <sighs> um, so have you guys been playing any interesting video games? Uh, you know what I've been playing. <laughs> it's Destiny. Yeah, so I'm about a year late to the Destiny train. But you've already put in a year's worth of uh, playing <laughs> within the span hey, of a few weeks. I, I stayed local during the Christmas holidays, and I was like, wait, now I have some time. Maybe I'll start playing Destiny. <laughs> and that was a big mistake, because the reason why I avoided Destiny is because I have a problem when it comes to MMOs. If I start one, that it's all I do, and it's all I think about. And whenever I have some free time, I'm like, I'm just going to go play X game. Um <laughs> So yeah, I started on Xbox, you know, got to 40, I've been trying to get my light level higher, and then decided to switch to PS4. I'm playing both. Like, I'll play on the Xbox when my little cousin's around, mm-hmm. and then I'll switch to PS4 and start working on that character, because more people are on PS4, so when I get to 40, we can all do raids together, right? Yeah. Right, guys? This game is our Adar's favorite game. It is. It was definitely their favorite game last year. <laughs> or I'm, the year before that. I'm face palming so hard right now. Like I'm have, sure you, you are. You can't hear me over, see me. Wait, over don't you right. have a character on PS4? Oh yeah. Are you raiding oh, yeah. with the other yeah, guys? Are you, are you somehow above this Destiny stuff, David? Is that I, why you're face palming? Uh, I don't get it. I don't <laughs> see. I haven't reached that point yet because I'm still relatively new. I'm like, ooh, this is exciting. Oh, I get my weapons on Wednesday, and Zer's I'm, around, and I get to go shopping. You're on a first name basis with Zer. Yeah, me and Zer, <laughs> really tight. Actually, like, I've only met him once. I will say that, like, y- y- you're probably having a better time as a new person playing it now with the Taken King and all yes. the changes that they've made. Yeah. This is me I'm when sure. I was, like, beating my head up against this game, trying to figure out why everyone was so into it when, yeah. you know, with Vanilla Destiny. Um, like, the, the thing with Destiny is, like, the, the core of it is really good. Like, the shooting is great. Mm-hmm. I'm just not the kind of person that wants to run the same levels over, over, and, and, over, and, over and over and over again, just just for the chance at maybe getting something better. Well, what's crazy is that I ran through the entire story with even with the Taken King in like twelve hours. I was like, oh, that's it, and this yeah. is with three expansions on top of that. So I can see why Vanilla Destiny would have been really short and really boring. But um, and this is why I don't do MMOs when they first come out because I know that it's going to be awful. There's going to be a lot of things that they need to work need to work through. So that's why I waited. So I waited until the Taken King, and when people started saying more positive things about it, then I jumped in. I'm like, this is great. I have like a refer 
forefront thing. We've been leveling so fast. Um, my gear is really out of date because of that. But that's what I did with <laughs> WoW, too. I waited several years and then played a bunch of WoW. We used to play, used to play a lot of online games back in the day, right? Like, I've, I've heard some pretty scary numbers, some scary figures for uh, how many hours you play things. Yeah, I used to, I used to mud. Remember what that or, was? No, so, no, we don't. You have to assume <laughs> that people who are listening right now are like mud. Mud, a multi-user dungeon. This is all text-based. So think about EverQuest, but with text only. And Okay, so like you're walking around a dungeon, you're Typing in like you're typing phones. in like west, north, and then it, the text then, is like, scrolling. It'll describe it, it'll be like the, the there's moss growing over the yeah the, the corridor. It'd be like you're, you're in down. this room or like the altar, and there's it's like a and yeah, you just have to use your imagination. And for a while, I was one of the immortals where you can kind of design your own rooms and okay, really, and other people could come into yeah, and you build it. Room. Yeah, and like some players end up being coders, so they kind of expand this world. But I played on one that was themed after Dragonlance. And okay. I was really into Which Dragon is a novel Lance. series, I assume? Yes. Okay. And people did this with, uh, like, 28.8K modems? Or? I was on, like, 2400 back with the... Oh, okay. <laughs> it's like, is it 14? Remember Telnet back in the day? This is, like, before internet. It was, like, 1994. Um, <laughs> <laughs> when I was using, like, free university, like, BBS days. But yeah, it was all free, and the, the communities would be maybe, I think at the most popular time, maybe three or 400 people on at the same mm-hmm. time, but on average, like 200. People will form clans, and sometimes it'd be PvP, or sometimes it's just PvE. So yeah, I got really into it. But then it ends up becoming, all these games ends up becoming like a real-life responsibility. Like if you're running a clan, they expect you to be at, online for whether it's meetings, whether it's just like some kind of event or tournament. Um, a friend of mine, I got her addicted. I feel so bad. But she ended up running this entire kingdom, and they needed her to be on this council. And she's like, you'd actually have real-life responsibilities. And I played a lot of Final Fantasy XI, too. But how cool is it to be on a council? <laughs> but you would have to log on at a certain time. It's like, oh, we're going to do a Dynamis run. It requires 64 people, multiple parties. Like, everybody needs to be online at the same time. Everyone has to know exactly what their job is, how this is going to work. It's major coordination. This could take hours. So I almost flunked out of high school playing this. Um, yeah, it was bad. I had to quit my last year because I was uh, I dropped half my classes the year before and I was going to fail if I didn't get my um, shit together and pass my classes. So, But you pulled it together at the end. I did. I did this for seven years uh-huh. and I finally you know, quit. Cold turkey, stop, no more. But hey, look what that got me. I started working in games. Okay, but you haven't told me how many hours yet because I know you know. Oh, okay, well, I never really counted. So every character, they would log your hours. <laughs> I mean, some of them had over a thousand. <laughs> and when I mean some of them, I must have had it's at like least half eight, of Witcher 3. eight to twelve <laughs> characters. Hey, this is like seven years of my life. So yeah, when people are telling me that they play twelve out twelve hundred hours of Destiny, I'm like, Psh, that's nothing. That's nothing. Up <laughs> in the bucket. Let me I was, get about my get good. mud bucket. <laughs> this, my mud bucket of time. That was like my full time job. I mean, I went to school. I showed up. Mm-hmm. I'd sleep through class, and then I'd play till four in the morning. Yeah, it was not good. I don't recommend this at all. Well, since you shared that, I will also share that I absolutely, definitely, definitively failed a mathematics exam. Ooh. A big one. Which one? At university. Calculus? Uh, it might have been calculus. I know there was integration involved and my nemesis double integration. Uh, but I definitely failed because I had imported and received a copy on the Dreamcast of 
Space Channel 5 Part 2. Wow. <laughs> and I played it like a million times, and I love that game. And Instead of doing math. Uh. Nope. Um, but I guess that doesn't make me sound like a bad person. I chose a fun rhythm and music game over mathematics. Right. Yeah. yeah you just didn't apply yourself. This. In retrospect, this is a pretty cool story, actually. I know. I stay think we both kids. did pretty <laughs> We both did pretty well, but still stay in school. It's important. Yeah. Also, because, the game's great. Yeah. Don't mind, though. <laughs> or play Destiny. I don't know if you could. You, you could probably play Mods now, but it wouldn't uh, be as The one that I played, it's still up. Okay. I check I check in every now and then. <laughs> like, hey, guys. That's like stalking your ex on Facebook. Don't do that. Uh, yeah, I should really <laughs> just ban that URL. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Dave, you have to give us a confession now, too. Um, I Did you ever yeah. make bad educational choices because of video <laughs> games? <laughs> yeah, well, kind of, yeah, except, like, mine wasn't any one particular game. It was more just, like, I would much rather be playing games than studying, and I ended up dropping out of college my freshman year. Um, I, I distinctly remember my friend being in the same room as me, studying for a calculus test, and I'm playing Castlevania Lament of Innocence on the PS2, and my dad is just shaking his head, uh, very disappointed. Uh, I got my craft together, though. Uh, it took me a few years, but... And you uh, did get to play one of the underrated Castlevania games. It's really good! <laughs> like, I don't... Yeah. has an amazing soundtrack. Leon's theme is brilliant. And uh, it's it's like a good Dale May Cry game. Yeah. I, uh, I With Castlevania stuff. I skipped going to class one day to go and pick up Ninja Gaiden on the Xbox instead. Okay. <laughs> Listen, Dave. I 100% endorse that decision. That is one of the greatest games of all time. Yeah, I, I felt like I made the right choice there. Priorities. I mean, which I'm one has I'm being a really bad role model here. I know. Stay in school, everyone. <laughs> yeah. Or at least take some math classes. <laughs> They'll help you. <laughs> um, I feel like I feel like we've all gotten to know each other. And now, Su- and Sophia, you're 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 bouncing. You're going. I'm not going anywhere. I'm still I mean, sitting sure next sitting to next you. Sure, you're sitting next to me. Sure. But, <laughs> sure, you're in the same. Like, I'm going to look over to you, and I'm going to be like, "Hey, Sophia, have you played the new video game?" And she'll be like, "Just playing Destiny." Hashtag marketing <laughs> synergy. Oh, yeah. I mean, I never thought I'd... Well, I've actually never done marketing. I used to be in sales, and I hated it. But it actually... Well, it's beneficial, because I understand what the needs are on that side of the business, and Mm -hmm. I understand editorial, and I know there must be some way that we can work together that's not sketchy and have it work. What was GameStart like when you started? When I started back, it was a completely different website. Um, it looked different. The content was different. Uh, the EIC was Gary Steinman. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys remember him. He was a former PC gamer EIC and PlayStation Magazine Yeah, EIC. you may have seen him do push-ups at an E3 press conference. Yes, he's the one with the <laughs> neckerchief. Yeah. So he became EIC, and he Louis asked Vuitton me to, <laughs> <laughs> he, uh, asked me to help as the managing editor, so I came over from GameSpot to help him. But yeah, it's it's been an incredible four years to see just how the site, the site has developed. I think everyone that was working with me at the time, it's like Lucas and Lorenzo are the mm-hmm. only ones... Like, Lorenzo started two weeks before I did, apparently. And then we hired Lucas maybe a month after I started, and he's been here the whole time. But, yeah, I'm. it's just been such a fun experience. Did I've you never just call to... him Luchest? I definitely heard Luchest. Luchest? You definitely played to my destiny. I'm uh, just kidding. Luchest. Luchest. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Where do I find all the Luchests? I need to find a map. Anyway. <laughs> 
but yeah, no, it's been it's been really fun. And I was actually really scared when I <laughs> when they asked me to be EIC because Gary had quit with very little warning. Well, I mean, he gave us two weeks, and I was like, excuse me. And he's like, yep, yeah, bye. I'm moving on, doing something else. And uh, yeah, I, I thought that they would just hire somebody else to replace him. But then Rochelle, at the time, who was the president, she's like, oh, yeah, we'd like for you to take over. So that was fun. I panicked, and um, but it turned out OK. Was able to build a team here. And we had a record-breaking month in November and December. So not too shabby. Yeah, pretty I'd, good stuff. Yeah, pretty much. You guys do all the hard work and um, don't need me anymore. So I'm just going to peace out. I mean, we, we haven't <laughs> seen you since you started playing Destiny. That's so. true. That's true. I don't know. Um, well, I mean, I'm glad that you were able to be on a show again. And you know what? Maybe we'll, maybe we'll invite you back sometime. Maybe. Because you're still going to play games. Yes, I will you still play to. games. I'll play whatever game I want now. I don't have to do it for work. We can talk about it. We'll have a King's Quest episode. I'm sure that'll do well. <gasps> I'll be on that. I want to play yeah. The Witness. I'm so excited for that. The Witness yeah, and Unravel. The Witness Unravel. Unravel looks really January cool. January and February looking good. Have you guys been playing uh, Oxenfree at all? No. Uh, I'm going to that. play that this weekend. I, I have it ready to go. I downloaded it last night. It's uh, It's pretty slick. What's that? I'll have to look into that. Real, real spoo- it's it's spooky, but it's not like scary like PT scary. But it has oh. this like like kind of Twin Peaksy like something's off kind of uh, vibe. Are there jump scares or is it psychological? More psychological. Yeah, I don't know which one I hate more. Yeah, I already have a list of like sort of games in 2016 that I intend to play and uh, have completed. And so far, I've completed Amplitude and Pony Island, which I think we'll talk about next week. Pony Island. Pony Island. Yes, yeah, so there's a lot to say about that game. Um, and then I'm going to play Oxenfree, Tharsis. Tharsis. Good things I hear about that. Good. Lost in Harmony. It's an upcoming iOS game from the former creator of uh, Valiant Hearts. Uh, that Dragon Cancer I want to play and be really sad. Jotun, Resident Evil Zero HD, Dragon's Dogma Dark Arisen is coming to PC. I want to try that. King's Quest Chapter 2, I have to play that still. Oh, I know. Rebel I need to get Galaxy, that. crazy things are happening. Um, that's that's a lot of games already. That's a lot of January. games. Yeah. I know. I have a lot of work to do. I should probably go do it right now. So I'm going to end the show. I have to go play some games. See, that's the thing. I start playing Destiny, it won't touch any of those games for at least another six months. So that's why I can't do it. That's why. Yeah. Because otherwise, I would just that would be it. That would be it for me. Bye, but everyone. at this point, it's not my job. <laughs> well, I still need to it stay is. up to date. I will make it your job. <laughs> God, play something else. Play some video games. All right. That's it. That's it. I was, I was kidding. I have to go play some games right now. Okay. All right. We'll go now. Okay, bye. Okay, bye. Bye, everyone. <laughs>